and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better as we streak along now into the season. And uh, you know what? We might, we might, we might just do our traditional mid-season review very, very soon. It's an odd number this year, the season, so we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to do it this week or next week. We'll decide yeah. when we're doing it. That's I'm okay. Just, it's an odd season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined, as always, uh, by the Brains Trust of Iron Mike Carlson and John Balf. And no funny name there, John. See who I did. I'm much more kinder now. Yeah, you are. It's, it's just the new mid-season cure, and he's kind of tempered yeah. down his, uh, his aggression. An older, show. wiser. Well, one of those things is true. One of those. How, how about Cuyahoga John? <laughs> <laughs> um, we start as always with just a little look back and keep a track of how we did. Uh, Thursday night football was at Cleveland at Denver. It was a tough uh, game to call. In fact, uh, most of you were kind of a bit worried about the game. Uh, under seemed to be the kind of general consensus, which would have been a winner. Uh, anyone who got involved with Cleveland, it was a push technically by the time uh, when we got involved. Ravens, uh, the Ravens-Cincinnati Bengals game, uh, all went for the Ravens. Um, so we'll have to cross that one down as incorrect. And we may talk about Joe Burrow and his team uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Tampa game. Um, Mike, you were with the Bears uh, as a sneaky backdoor cover, one of your favorite little things to do. It did not happen. But John, you went no. on the under, <laughs> and thankfully the Bears deciding not to play helped you with the under. Uh, Colts at 49ers. Both of you went for the Colts. Uh, sorry, John, you went for the Colts. Mike, you went for the 49ers um, and Monday Night Football. Well, Monday Night Football. In fact, you know what? Both games shows uh, what the dangers of sometimes this show can be. And I, I, I do sort of stress it as well because weather can play... Um, Kind of a crazy fire. I don't want to sound like John now. Who I was going to say, clear, it's a bit of trademark. You're going uh, on my trademark there. Trademark John. Oh, <laughs> just let everyone check the weather before <laughs> we have our bet. Caution, everybody. It's raining. <laughs> uh, best bets. Mike, uh, do you, you want to sh- give the, the column the shout out there? I know how much you uh, love people reading as opposed to listening. Yeah, well, I mean, I was wrong. I was wrong about the San Francisco um over Indy, but that wasn't one of my best bets, obviously. Um, and the best bet in that was to go over 44-5 in that game, and, and that came through. Um, and in the column, Vegas delivered, Green Bay delivered, and I tried to get fancy by suggesting a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown, and um, he, along with the rest of the Ra- Ravens, <laughs> failed to deliver. But I'll, I'll take three out of four um, most weeks, yeah. Yeah, I would too. And of course, okay, the podcast Best Bets, which is what we keep the most track of. Uh, it was a pretty decent week. So for myself, I went for under 58 in the Titans Kansas City game, um, which obviously clicked because Kansas just didn't bother. Um, it, it was Panthers for John. Uh, that was a loser. And Mike, you went for over in the indie game. So two out of three of us won our best bets. And people are going to say to me, because actually some people have said to me on Twitter, you haven't given a PL, you haven't given the record of everyone. Well, I have not because I've been saving it for our mid-season show next week. Where So everyone has one more week to get into the left-hand column. You know, in, in keeping with the NFL's scheduling and, and expansion to 17 games, we should really have our midweek show halfway through this week and not tell anybody. Yeah, yeah we, should. we probably should, but we're not going to do that. Um, Actually, I'm doing I'm doing okay by my figures, which, of course, as Stalin said, it's not who you vote for; it's who counts the votes that wins. Well, there was there was there was there was some nasty things said about me after season one when I won. Um, I won't repeat to the people when we went for a drink afterwards. 
the type of uh, the scurrilous <laughs> abuse that was aimed my way and, and, and the taking out of Google to find out if certain people had cover. But um, that's that's just the way it is in this world. But uh, no, we're all going on pretty nicely. Um, we are going to have a little look back at last week uh, because it does help us with some of the live games this week. So we're going to concentrate on Kansas and Titans um, and Arizona Cardinals. And Mike has his pen up as if he's we're in class of some description. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, sad person that I am, um, I keep an eye on Scorigami, which is a oh, website yeah. which is a website that reports when you get a unique score in the NFL and and the Arizona game. Um, finishing 31 to five turned out to be the first time that that score has ever been registered in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> that was not worth putting your hand up for, but anyway, I thought so. <laughs> I mean, nobody was offering that as a bet. <laughs> no, no, we don't, we don't offer that. Um, we got to talk first about, um, I think I said uh, WTF Kansas in our WhatsApp group. What basically? Yeah. What is going on with Kansas, guys? It's something that we've, you know, I feel like we're almost like a sense of deja vu because if, yeah. you, kind of, if, you, uh, if, you, if you if you were just to isolate and edit the, the discussions that we've had about Kansas throughout the course of this season, it would go with season one or week one, I should say, uh, the impressive nice win against uh, what should be a, a decent Browns team this year. And then a couple of losses. And then I think after week three, we were saying something along the lines of, well, maybe they're just kind of top loading their losses into the first part of the season. They'll hit their run and they'll still still finish with their, you know, 11, 12, 13 wins on the season, something like that. Now that we're at the essential midpoint of the year, Kieran, it doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like we're looking at Patrick Mahomes, who is appearing to be a mere mortal compared to his performances of the last couple of seasons. The defense has completely fallen off the tracks. They're not playing well at all. And um, it does seem, though, that there's some serious problems rooted into this team. And a lot of it comes from their highly paid offense. You know, that Mahomes isn't delivering at the moment. They're, you know, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. What have they been doing lately? The much vaunted uh, offensive line, the redesigned defensive line. Uh, has translated into Mahomes being one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league this year. So something is seriously wrong there, and uh, they better they better get this fixed sooner rather than later, or this is a team in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah. Mike, just before you come in, Mike, I'll let you come in, but I just want to give everyone just a, a little bit of a price now, a guide on this, is that Kansas were Super Bowl, like they were like sixes, 11 to two for the Super Bowl, right? They've doubled in price. They're now 12 to one to win the Super Bowl. For the AFC Championship, they are currently six to one to win that, and to, to to win their conference, the AFC West, they are now two to one. So they were way odds on. I think they were two to seven, something along those lines. Way odds on to win that. This is the 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 panic button is being hit now. Yeah, and you know they have had a difficult schedule. Those, those losses are to Baltimore, the Chargers, Buffalo, and Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, a bit of a surprise in how well they played and how badly the Chiefs played against them. John's absolutely right. We've gone through all the component parts, basically. The only one we haven't really addressed is that maybe there's some kind of emotional letdown there. Um, you know, we talk sometimes about Super Bowl losers coming back and having tough seasons. Um, you know, because they played a long season without the reward, Andy Reid's had his problems, uh, personal problems, you know, and maybe there's that sense of um, despite the, the really um, concrete things you can point to on the offense, you know, the line has not gelled 
the new rebuilt line. Orlando Brown has been awful um, at left tackle in, in particular, but but the whole inside of the line hasn't been very good. They they really miss Sammy Watkins. They don't have a replacement for him. The guys up front, Frank Clark's been out and he hasn't done much when he's been in. Um, the secondary's not been good. The, the linebacker's not been good. The game, you know, beyond all of that, it just it feels like there's a kind of malaise there because. I think Patrick Mahomes is the weather vane of that team. And, and the Mahomes we've been watching is not the Mahomes of previous seasons where he can expect to get things done, you know, make things happen. This year, those things are not happening. And I looked, I just looked as we at the rest of their schedule now that, you know, they've got the Giants. So that's good news. Um, mm-hmm. And Green Bay, they might still get to while Green Bay's having COVID problems. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Green Bay later on but then you know las vegas is no pushover dallas um they got vegas twice they got the chargers again pittsburgh and cincinnati are not going to be easy games it's not like it's unwinnable to come out with a say 11 and 11 and 6 finish and get into the playoffs inside but but realistically right the way they're playing right now you're looking more at eight eight and nine or nine and eight as their record yeah, I think if they if if they someone said eleven and six to them, they'd snap the hands off. And I can't believe someone actually said, John, before I bring you in, write it down on the twenty seventh of the ten, twenty twenty one. Someone actually said they're missing Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I've said it before. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew he was the secret ingredient to Who knew? bind everything together? But uh, just I I won't labor the point too much. But just to bring it back to Mahomes, as as Mike was discussing there, to me this almost seems like an extension of what it was that Tampa Bay kind of discovered in the Super Bowl last season when they flushed Mahomes out of the pocket and they just made him appear uncomfortable every time he was snapped the ball. And that just seems to have extended through seven, eight games so far this year. And other factors to look at there, Mahomes had, I, I believe he had surgery on his toe shortly after that game. Now that seems relatively minor. I think he had turf toe going into that game or something like that. But that, that seems like a relatively minor surgery. But if, if he has lost that, you know, 0.2 of a second that he used to rely on, to escape uh, pressure from the from the defense, that makes a difference. He's dropping back further. That that you know he's dropping like eight ten yards back into the pocket. That's a that's a big big gap. And you know if if the uh, if the opposition is rushing him, that that leave, for for people like Orlando Brown, that's a really difficult job. If the if the edge rusher just has to, has to essentially run in a straight line to attack Mahomes. So yeah, there's there's big problems there, and uh, it just it just seems like Mahomes' strategy of like. I can manufacture something out of thin air. Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, they're out there somewhere. That's coming back to bite them now a little bit, I think. I think I said the first time that we, when we discussed this, that the the two-word reason why Kansas City was doing bad was Todd Bowles, because everybody is more or less copying what Bowles did in the Super Bowl. I mean, they do it in different ways, but basically the the um, the, the end look is the same. They've got at least two guys back deep to take away Tyreek Hill on the deep pass, and then to come up and, you know, if Kansas City's going to beat you, they're saying, you know, they're going to have to beat you by working the ball up the field. And, and right now, Kelsey's been their only option for doing that. And he's got he looks battered right now. Um, I mean, he's really had a rough he's really had, I think, a rough first half of the season. Not that he hasn't played badly, but he's, he's just he's he looks creaky. Yeah. Wear and tear. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he is. He is looking a bit on the tough side. All right. Well, look, since since we spent so long talking about Kansas and now at this stage, uh, we might as well uh, look to their to their game at the weekend. That's right. You see this gentleman, gentlemen, this is the running order. Watch 
out the window. That's right. We're going straight to Monday Night Football. Prop comedy. I've always been a fan. The New York Giants take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. 10 to 3 about the New York Giants. 2 to 9 Kansas City Chiefs. The handicap is 10 points and the over is 52.5. Seriously, I actually do need that running order. One second. <laughs> and I'm back. Um, we no, no, uh, None of us are brave enough to say the Giants are going to cover this. Uh, well, cover, I suppose. Uh, 10's a lot. I know, Mike, yes. you, you're a big fan that, of double-digit spreads. That's what I was going to say. Just sorry to jump across you there, but... This is it's an attractive game given what we've just discussed about the Chiefs. But are you know it's if you were looking for an upset, you know, making your bets this week, and you're looking towards the Chiefs, like ah, why is it the Giants coming to town? You know, <laughs> but I think uh, having said that, I think the fact that the, the handicap is ten points is relatively attractive, particularly if uh, New York can get off to a good start and maybe get get that first touchdown or get a couple of field goals that will kind of artificially increase the handicap to a certain extent. I think that uh, I think that's an attractive bet, but at the same time. There's a few red flags in that one. Yeah, I mean, the biggest one I w- is is to look at right now, Galladay and, and Tony are both questionable, um, which leaves the Giants very short on the receiving on the receiving end um, of the game. And I, I'm not I'm not sure how much uh, I'm not sure how bad Kansas City's defense is going to be against that giant offense. I mean, they, the Giants had a good game, obviously, Um this week in beating Carolina, who were a pretty good defensive team, uh, but they're an awful offensive team, which meant the Giants were getting the ball back a lot. And um, that one was five, three at the half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I'd turned on the uh, major league baseball playoffs by mistake. Um, and uh, so I, I'm a bit, ca- I'm a bit cautious of this, both on the, this, spread and the over-under. Uh, there is the, you know, the Chiefs could turn into one of these teams that loves to beat up on on bad teams and score loads and loads of points, but I think they're going to have to do most of that by themselves. Okay. Um, we, we're, we'll go to Thursday night football, but before that, I just want to give you an update on uh, who is hot and who is cold. Um, obviously, Taylor Swift tops the hot list every single week. Uh, Washington <laughs> is bottom. Is, yeah, Mike shout actually... Got, one, of our, one of our biggest listeners. Shout out to Taylor. Out yeah, to what, Taylor about, yeah. What, what about DeAndre Swift? <laughs> no, not a fan. Uh, Washington, one and six, are at the bottom of the spread list. Uh, the Jets, one and five. San Francisco, one and five. And as you will guess uh, from... Uh, listening to a silver last was Kansas right in the middle there as well. So Kansas, Miami, San Fran, New York Jets, and Washington teams to possibly avoid this weekend when we're talking about the spreads. Uh, Dallas, of course, are still six and zero. Uh, fresh coming off a bye week. Green Bay six and one. Arizona Cardinals six to one, which bring us nicely uh, to the Thursday night game. I think, guys, that's, that's how you segue in the business. Two teams. <laughs> That are top of the hot list, the Green Bay Packers head to the Arizona Cardinals. The Green Bay 9-4. The Arizona Cardinals are 4-11. 6.5 is a handicap. 50.5 is the over-under. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first on this because this is a really interesting game for a variety of reasons. If there had been two fully fit teams, it might have been a little bit more interesting. But at the moment, the Packers are dropping a player a day. Yeah, it certainly was, and I, and I think if if I'm not mistaken, uh, it, on Sunday the line was two and a half. It was, yeah. It moved. Yeah. it moved. It with moved. Devonte Adams moved. Yeah, uh, when Devonte uh, Adams was announced as being um, positive with COVID, which means he's unlikely to play on on Thursday, um, it went it went up to six and a half. I would still take it. I think um, I would still take Arizona giving six and a half. I wouldn't start to worry about it till it goes over seven. Um, 
because I think when you look at who's missing for Green Bay, which is not just Devontae Adams, but um, probably Bakhtari on the offensive line. Um, Scantling might be back, but but might not. Uh, the Smith brothers are both out. Uh, Jair Alexander's out. Uh, Kevin King's out. Bizarre um, as well from the receiver core. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. And and Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, is out because uh, he may be the guy who was passing the COVID um, around. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see it with that kind of uh, weakness that that Rogers could pull off in Arizona. A big win because Arizona, as as we keep saying, everybody concentrates on Kyler Murray making plays, and in and, and without a pass rush, that's going to be easier for him to do. But but basically, they're also a solid defensive team, and they've showed that against some pretty good teams. Yeah, over over to you, John. Of course, uh, many people will have listened by now to our season preview, um, where where you picked Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. Um, which got off to a, a tough start for you on it week did. one. But, but in fairness, did. since yeah. then, they've put the foot down. And, and again, they've started to look like a team that could challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not terribly surprised, to be honest with you. This is kind of what I expected of Green Bay this year. Now, this is, a, as Mike has said, this is a very difficult game to kind of to try and uh, get to grips with. Um, I do. Is the spread up to six and a half? It was six last night, anyway. But uh, I still six I agree, and a half now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Mike that as long as it's less than a than a touchdown, it, that's still it's quite an attractive one. But it is going to be a very difficult game to try and figure out the game script for, given that practically all of Rogers' receivers, just from an, an offensive standpoint, are are out of the game. So you're looking at a, you know, I think you're going to be looking potentially to. You know, if you look at this game, the billing of it is high scoring, two, two good offenses, Arizona playing spectacularly, Kyler Murray looking like the MVP out there. But it's either trending towards a pretty conclusive Arizona win or a low scoring game where Green Bay can keep it within the spread. Now, of those two options, I think the latter, and uh, I, would, I would take Green Bay with a six and a half here in a game where it's, you know, Rodgers is managing the game more so than looking for the spectacular. Like I think Robert Tanya in the tight end will be a busy man throughout the course of the game. And uh, it depends to, you know, if they can keep the, the reins on that outstanding Arizona offense, I think a low scoring game here with Green Bay to cover the spread. The reins would be good because you saw New Orleans in the rain <laughs> on, mo- on Monday night. And basically the only thing that worked for them were, were tunnel screens to Alvin yeah. Kamara and Green Bay could, could use a lot of that to Aaron Jones, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. but it, re- it requires their defense to hold, to hold Arizona in check. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure they're going to be yeah. able to do that. They're the only unbeaten team in the league for a reason. So, I mean, they're, I don't think they're going to go through this, this league 17 and 0. they're going to lose you know, one, two, three games at least throughout the course of the season. Is this yeah. gonna like this is one of the best teams they've played, but it is just from a, a neutral standpoint, it is a bit of a shame that Green Bay are missing so many of their pieces. It would have made it a much more intriguing game. But uh, at the same time, I still think Green Bay can can keep it tight and keep it close and finish within the spread. Well, it's funny. It's funny you should say that, John, because uh, it is our, our kind of our next topic that we decided to talk about when we talk about the Cardinals. It, it's if not when, uh, because. Uh, they obviously pay the Packers. And, and there's an argument, Mike, I suppose, that if they were to beat the Packers on Thursday night, that they actually don't play what you would call a really good team until the 14th of December when they play the Rams and um, what looks like a Monday night football. So uh, how, how long can this Cardinal Express roll on, do you believe? Both of you, actually. When do you see them being beaten? beaten well, beaten? I mean, that, that's a, it's a good point because at the beginning of the year, we assumed that, that the rest of that division was going to be a tough 
a tough haul. And and in fairness to Seattle and San Francisco, they've both been racked with injuries. Um, and neither so neither is anywhere near as good as as we thought. Um, um, but they, you know, they they're they're at San Francisco, they're at Seattle. It's not impossible they have a bad game and their offense gets shut down in one of those games. Um, they're also at Chicago just before they play the Rams, um, which is much less likely. <laughs> but but Chicago's a pretty good defensive team. So so at least they'll have they'll have a, a shot um at losing a game because one week everything goes wrong. You know, you, you turn the ball over, you give up a big special teams play, you, you throw in a, you know, bad interception. So, yeah, but, but actually that Rams game becomes pretty tasty. Now, if the Rams can keep up uh, their yeah. winning form. That would be quite a game, wouldn't it, John, if they were to keep up the, both of them would keep going the way they're going. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what it's looking towards. You're, you know, it, we're at the point of the season, Kieran, where you're really starting to see the team's, who are going to be there, you know, making playoff contention or making deep runs into the playoffs. And, uh, well, certainly Arizona are going to be one of those teams. And I, I agree with you, the Rams and, and the others. And hopefully for the sake of my, uh, my bet mm, and, yeah. and the preseason show, Green Bay will be up there as well. Yeah, in the, in the NFC, there's less balance than the AFC. You know, the AFC kind of has a half a dozen or so teams that are all kind of more or less equal on a, on a given day, and they've all been beating each other. But but in the AFC, in the NFC, you're starting to see just a couple of teams rising above that above that morass. And, and Green Bay was one of them, obviously. But but right now, you'd put them back in the morass. Mike, I got a quick a technical question for you about Kyler Murray because it does come up quite a bit. Um, just that, that he is at five foot eight, five foot nine, depending on 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 how you Google, right? So if you imagine <laughs> his offensive line, the 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 lowest height of someone on his O line is six one. They range from six one to six three and six four, even some of them. Um, so you have to be really impressed with someone who is snapping the ball and is. I mean, if anyone's John is a bit taller than me, and we've gone to concerts together. If John stands in front of me, I can't see the stage. Like when these boys snap the ball, he can't see a lot of the ground, surely, because of his height. You yeah, have to see that's that. that's one of the shorter offensive lines. You know, most lines yeah, will exactly, have guys yeah. who are who are six four and up um, going going across. But there's a couple of things. One is his mobility, which means he makes a lot of plays moving out of the pocket or in the pocket, sometimes even moving with him. The second one is that he's very good at, at passing lanes because that's what, what you're looking for is, is to see that lane through which you can, you can spot your receiver. And that's usually between a couple of your blockers. Um, and we've seen, I think in the past few years, the, the classic drop back quarterback to whom this applies had to be big. He, you know, Peyton Manning, people don't realize, but like Peyton Manning, six foot five, uh, Brady's, I think six foot four. They're, they're, they're big guys. When you, when you see them in person, you know, I'm six, three and, and they're bigger than, you know, bigger than I am taller than I am. But in our days of moving pockets of, of, mo of mobility, smaller quarterbacks have, have been the fashion you don't have to be you don't have to be six four aaron Rodgers is what six one six two yeah. um you know drew Brees was drew Brees, was yeah was six foot say, yeah. you know murray's five whatever <laughs> depending on you know when they put that huge helmet on him i think he gets up to five ten um, <laughs> yeah and, and, yeah, and, and, and i i tell you what I, I, if you ever look, look at drew Brees now and then look at him when he went on things like the ellen show or whatever when he's out of a football stadium ain't no way he's six foot 
spray. And they, they, they were nice to him, you know, uh, they listed him as six one. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, they, but, they yeah, I, I remember running, I remember running in Colorado and uh, with three of the guys I worked with at ABC sports and um, the, our boss, the boss of the four was Bob Iger, who's now the, the head of Disney, the CEO of, of Disney and you know, the most powerful guy in the world. Um, and someone said, what are you guys, a basketball team? <laughs> and, and I said, yeah, Jack's 6'4", I'm 6'3", David's 6'2", and Bob's 5'11 and a half. <laughs> Bob Iger went crazy. I'm six foot one. <laughs> Um, okay, <laughs> here, let's let's uh, move on. Uh, a quick note of caution with these games uh, on the Sunday uh, as well. Obviously, is that the clocks go back here in the UK and Ireland? They do not in the states as of yet. They do that post Halloween over there, so uh, the games are five o'clock. Uh, so uh, again, with fantasy or anything like that, um, or just red zone, if you join it at six eight o'clock and uh, they're uh, you yeah. know an hour into the games. Uh, which in some of the games will have been that they're still in the first quarter. Uh, the Tennessee Titans <laughs> take on the Indianapolis Colts. If you, can, if you can find a bookie who hasn't made the time change, you're golden. <laughs> um, uh, the Tennessee Titans, obviously, uh, again, people who listen to the show regularly will know that um, I, I expected big things from the Titans this year. Um, and they have started, just started to be the team. I think that the kick in the arse that they needed was losing to the Jets in overtime. Because since then, they put 37 on the Jags. Uh, they have, and they've beaten uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. So it's a team yeah. that's rolling uh, as we stand at the moment, gentlemen. And yeah. they head to the Colts, who also had a, a decent victory. So people argue about Sky games, and we'll talk maybe about the game that Sky have took in the latter window. Um, but for this one, I think they've made the right decision. It's three to four, the Tennessee Titans. The Indianapolis Colts are 11 to 10. One and a half is the handicap at the moment. 51 points is the over-under. So a tough game and a tight game is what we expect, John. Which way do you see it going? Well, first off, just like we all predicted, Derrick Henry threw more passing touchdowns last weekend than Patrick Mahomes in their game. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I had a tenor on that. Yeah, but I mean, I think even more than that, I mean, I'm kind of joking about that, but I thought, you know, that, that win over the Chiefs was just so impressive, particularly that they were bouncing onto that after, after beating Buffalo the week before. So that's a team trending remarkably well in the right direction at the moment. But even more so, I mean, you know, you can kind of take the Chiefs a little bit out of that equation because of how poor they were and how, how poorly their offense was functioning. But I, I did think it was very impressive that the Titans went into that game last weekend, dominated, and it wasn't one of these Derrick Henry, you know, 150-yard games where he gets three touchdowns or two touchdowns on the ground or something like that. So that, that goes to show that they're uh, diversifying their offense past perhaps where a lot of people might have thought it would be uh, at this stage of the season, at least anyway. Um, so with that said, you know, they've got Indianapolis coming in, coming to town this weekend. And I think, you know, if you're just looking at this, at the nuts and bolts of this, if they beat the Chiefs and the Bills in succession and then lose at home to, you know, a decent but not an outstanding Indianapolis team, I think that would be tremendously disappointing for the Tennessee perspective. So this is a game I think that they're really eyeing as, a, as something to stand them alone in, in, in the AFC and put them, you know, on the brink of, you know, being a team that would be, you know, almost an automatic to make the playoffs at this stage. I know there's no such thing as automatics, but they'll be in a great position uh, momentum-wise and in terms of the morale within the group and everything if they're able to get this third win in, in succession. So I do think it's going to happen, but it, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's the Titans look like the conclusively better team, but it isn't necessarily reflected on the scoreboard. So if I had to 
if I had to guess, it would be something along the lines of like a 24-21 win to, uh, to Tennessee. So with that in mind, I think the over-under on this particular game is 49 and a half. So I think that's my, my favorite bet on this. Uh, Colts to win with the, or yeah, sorry, excuse me, Titans to win with the under. Okay, Mike, and uh, did you say the over-under's gone up to 51, Kieran? Uh, did I? Um, I did, yes. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. well, yeah, it was 49. That's even, yeah, because I was thinking the same as John. And and when you said 51, I was thinking it even more. Um, you know, that the under looked like a pretty good, a pretty good bet here. Because Indianapolis is a surprisingly good defensive team. Um, they're quick. They're like it's funny because it's it's been like the Colts when they were back in the Tony Dungy era. They're small, but they're fast. Um, and I don't think they'll do what the Chiefs did, which was basically to sell out against the run. Um, they're also better in the secondary, though Xavier Rhodes is questionable at the moment. He had a great game last week, including the key interception, which was pass interference, but didn't get called for some strange reason because the quantum universe in which NFL referees live, um, cause and effect does not function um, very well. Um, so I kind of, I'm, I lean toward Indianapolis in this game. John's absolutely right. It's, it's, really, it's literally a big game. At this point of the season, and Tennessee clinches virtually clinches the division championship with a win because of the tiebreaker factor of, of divisional wins. Um, and if you if you think Indianapolis with one point five, it was evens, and now it's eleven to ten. Um, you know, you might even want to just take Indianapolis on the money line if if you're thinking the way I am that that they could pull off the win. But uh, like John, I like the under on this. And, and it, it, guys, is this one of those games uh, where I joked earlier about if you joined it an hour, <laughs> an hour late, you'd, they'd still be in the first quarter. If you join this one an hour late, they could be in the fourth quarter, Mike, because both of these teams are just going to run the ball, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I think that's another thing that people have overlooked is how good a running team Indianapolis is. And Quinton Nelson is back in the, the offensive line. He's, you know, arguably the best single offensive lineman in the league. Um, and uh Jonathan Taylor doesn't get the kind of publicity, but he's had, I think, 200-yard games in the last three, um, and he breaks big runs like Henry does, um, which can turn things around, and they can bring in Marlon Mack, and they've got Naheem Hines, so they they can mix it up. The, the, the other question here is Carson Wentz, who looks a lot like Ryan Tannehill, the way he's playing right now in that, in that offense. And Tannehill's had a couple of big games in a row, you know, sort of off play action, but also going past first a, a lot. And so I, I, I also think he's due for a come down and Wentz had one pass in the game last week. We literally handed it to one of the opposition rushers. It, yeah, that was very good. We enjoyed it was, that. Yeah, it was, it was really kind of a bad a Carson Wentz moment, but, but I think the knucklehead stuff has been coached out of him at the moment. And he's he's really playing not to turn the ball over, which is a, a real positive for Indianapolis. And you know they're not the team that lost those games early in the season. I don't think any, any longer, uh, which is why I I lean toward Indianapolis for the win. Yeah, I, I think people forget actually that Ryan Tannehill uh, had thirty plus passing TDs last year, so he has actually been underperforming the first part of the season. So he's kind of just getting back on track, really, to where he was last year but but a little little bit of a difference of opinion on that one going to be very very, very tight from from my point of view I'll, I'll go aside with the titans i think they will win and um, but obviously listen to the experts more than me and speaking of experts uh, john famously a couple of weeks ago said that he was involved at some stage just picking 
picking TV games to go on television, John, or something like that? Uh, you were involved in scheduling of some description oh, yeah. on television. I, oh, I was, yeah. I was back in the day. Not not for uh, not for NFL, mind you, but for tended to be for European football at a, at okay. a, a defunct sports television station. <laughs> 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 so so are the Browns playing Inter this week? <laughs> <laughs> if I've got anything to do with it, they will. <laughs> um, so we sometimes like to try and guess on our group um, – what, what game Sky will pick. And of course, um, of, of the sort of 905 and 925 games. So you've got Jacksonville Jags at Seahawks. You've got Pats at Chargers, Washington at Denver, and Bucks at Saints. Now, you obviously rule out Washington at Denver straight off the bat. <laughs> you would hope anyway. <laughs> and Jacksonville Jags at Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks were Monday night football. Now, obviously, Sky last week showed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they really probably should have shown one of the other games, maybe the Cardinals game, for example. Um but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints game sticks out for me as a classic game. But Sky have decided to show the Patriots Chargers. And you, Mike Carlson, said that it was the correct game. So tell well, people why it's the correct game to show. Well, not yeah, not necessarily from Sky's point of view. Um, but 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 in America, you know, you can see this one, you can see this one being very appealing to the schedulers because of Boston and Los Angeles um and big TV audiences. But here I think it's a good one because it will tell us a lot about how good the, both these teams actually are, you know, and new England is three and four. The three wins have come against the jets twice. Um, and, um, Houston and, but they've been close in the other games. You know, they, they, they were in the Tampa game. Um, they, they had, a although they were outplayed by Dallas, uh, for most of the game, they actually had a legitimate chance to win that game. Um, and, um, and they should have beaten Miami, obviously in the season opener where they fumbled when they were going to about to kick the, um, the winning field goal. So the chargers on the other hand got exposed a bit by Baltimore. Um, and the question then is, you know, are they as good as that four and two record? Now they're coming off a bye week. So they've had a lot of time to prepare for New England. Um, Bill Belichick, obviously, as an underdog, Bill Belichick is 28-14-2 against the spread, which is amazing given how long he's been coaching, that they haven't been underdogs. I was going to um, say, is that the amount of times they've been underdogs since in yeah, 20 years? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it really and, – and to me, this is interesting because um, New England's strength is going to be running the ball which the Chargers don't do very well against, as you, as you saw against Baltimore. Uh, the run defense is their weak spot. But New England's secondary is filled with Smurfs. And the Chargers, the Chargers receivers are Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who, who can dominate smaller defensive backs one-on-one. Um, so Bill's got to come up with some scheme to negate that advantage for the Chargers. And I think that's where, that's where the game goes. But, you know, I... I it, it seems it seems weird to say it, but I actually think five and a half is probably enough for New England. I think they can keep it close. He specializes in keeping games close, you know. Um, and I would I lean toward the Patriots with the points in this one. Um, I'm not prepared to think they're going to win the game at this stage, but uh, Patriots and the points looks pretty good to me. 
John, 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 let's come on, come on. Now let's let let's have some serious talk here. Mike, now Mike and, and Bill Belichick are mates. See, that's the problem there. And then Mike, you know, he never <laughs> he worries that Bill might listen to the show and not grant him another interview. John, we know, <laughs> we know. Five and a half is a tasty, tasty bet with the charges. Come on, come on, come on. I tell, think tell so. Me. I Mike, think you so. mute for a minute. <laughs> I, w- I hadn't quite put it to like when Mike said I think that the, the Patriots wins this year have come against Jets times two in Houston that I, I hadn't quite you know that kind of escaped me a little bit I think that's that can be quite telling now uh, this is a uh, the Chargers a visit to the Chargers as well it certainly isn't the Jets twice and the Houston Texans so um, it's going to be interesting and now I don't know if you look at the evidence of last week where the Patriots put what was it? How many points did they put on the Jets? Like 53, 54. 54. Like that's, that's, that's not, that's the outlier. That isn't. That's, that, yeah. That, that doesn't influence me in the least. Same here. That, yeah. That, that's, that, that's, that's, that's out of my, you know, I don't care about that. It, I guess it shows that, you know, Mac Jones is capable of throwing touchdowns. He, he threw six, I believe it was last week. I mean, he's, it, it's promising from his perspective. He's, he's hitting targets at least, and he's following the scripts and following the scheme. But, you know, that's not going to happen this week. And I completely agree, Mike, that they, that can be discounted. But I suppose it does hint that, you know, the, the, at least the, the, the wheels have been greased, so to speak, uh, of the offense there. And it, it, things are looking a bit better than they were perhaps at the start of the season. Um, but at the same time, this is, don't look towards that. I think this, ultimately, I'm gonna, the over-under in this one is 48 and a half. And I know, Kieran, you, you really try and persuade us not to hit the under because it's not the most glamorous or, or sexy bet. But well, the win, think, a win's a win, but yeah. Yeah, true enough, true enough. But I think that, the, you know, the 48 and a half in this one is looking tempting to me for the under, I should say, um, because I think this can be a pretty low score. It's going to be one of those, it's going to be a kind of tactical battle, I imagine. And uh, that doesn't necessarily translate to many points on the board. So if I had to pick and choose, which I do, I'm hitting under 48 and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jay, guys. That's yeah, I, I think that, you know, and if, again, if you're thinking under, Five and a half becomes a better spread than if you're thinking over. Okay, well, you know, because I'm still a bit, but I'm just going to come back to you on this one, Mike. Just, 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 just play with me here, right? Okay, right, right, right. If you had to pick right now, Mac Jones or Justin Herbert, who would you pick? Herbert. Right. Does that does does the Patriots have anyone of the class of Austin Eckler at their running back selection? Yeah, I think Damian Harris is actually going to be a really good, a really good back, um, and I think you know, for what they want to do, carrying the load. What they're missing, I think, is the Eckler factor of James White. Um, you know, J.J. Taylor's not J- James White. They they miss that receiving threat out of the backfield, and they would be a more complete team with, with him there. They've always had a back like that, you know, Kevin Falk, uh, Shane Vereen. You know, they, he likes to have that third down back. They use him better than almost anybody. Okay, and would finally would the would Mike Williams or Keenan Allen they would you, you, they they, Keenan, they would walk into the Patriots side really at this stage, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Why? No, I. And you're still what happy I'm, enough to say? Well, no. <laughs> just well, what, that's what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying Warren is and Nelson Aguilar. You know, that's yeah. I mean, I I I just didn't understand Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar at the money they paid. Um, and I and I still haven't seen it in the way that they've been in the way that they've been used. Although they've each made a couple of big plays. I mean, it's weird that they were throw more guys were throwing the ball on New England. <laughs> they, it's like everybody's completing touchdown passes except Mac Jones for most but, of the season. Mike, do you think to a certain extent that the this is kind of it's it's been the Patriots' strategy the last couple of years. They've been throwing a lot of stuff at the wall trying to find a receiver. If you look back to 
even yeah. that one game rental of Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like, giving up a second round pick to Mohamed Sanu and then just that was the right. stupidest. That was the stupidest one is that of, of, of all because it was like Mohamed Sanu of six years ago was what they were giving up a pick for. Um, or six years. Two, like a second round pick. Yeah. It's it made no sense. But there's, you know, there's throwing stuff against the wall and then there's paying big money to throw stuff against the wall. And that's, you know, that's where the criticism lies. If you'd signed, if you'd signed them as, you know, lower cost free agents or, you know, that's fine. And, and I like Bourne better than Aguilar, but they were looking at Aguilar, I think, as the guy who would take the top off defenses. And he's not really very good at that. Um, um, partly because every year, except the year in Vegas, he, he gets a lot of drops. Um, and he had, he had a couple, not last week, but the week before, um, but all I'm saying in this game is I think Bill's going to scheme to keep it relatively close. Uh, and it's, you know, they lost five and a half is, is a sexy number, but it's not a real good number for you. You know, it, it doesn't do, it doesn't do a whole lot uh, in terms of real scores. They lost by six to da- to Dallas. Right. Um, now, yeah, they're on the, you know, if they can hold that, if they can stay within six of Dallas, I don't, you know, I think there's a pretty good shot. They can stay within five and a half of, of the chargers. Okay. I, I was just, I was just, I really, I was poking you really. Because yeah, no, I no. I, like, I, like I, I, and I agree with you, I'm, but that's not what I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I don't think they're going to win the game. Um, what was that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> sounded like, sounded like my elevator was stopping on the wrong floor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think that was maybe that was maybe the uh, the recording telling us to uh, move on to move on. Like, yeah. we're going to saying it doesn't, agree, it doesn't agree with Mike's pick is what it's saying. We've got some software built into it. Bill Belichick's yeah. Twitter I just li- blew up there. <laughs> his, 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 his burner account. Yeah, how's he listening to us before this goes on air? Uh, oh, he has he has ways. It's Bill Belichick. It's the Patriots. They cheat. Uh, yeah, Dallas, exactly. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the equivalent of videotaping someone else's practices. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings is the last game that we're going to cover. Four to six to Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, six to five. Two and a half is the over under 55 is uh, the total points. I'm leaving that bit in. We don't edit this show. And I think people like that. I think people like how raw we are. Uh, we're like the real world uh, <laughs> on MTV. Um, friend of the punter, lads, Dallas Cowboys, four to six, two and a half. Are they going to cover again? Are they going to be a seven and oh against the spread? Jump off to you first. Final game. The final game. Uh, I enjoy, I've quite enjoyed the Cowboys this year. Um, they're quite an entertaining game to watch, particularly on the off- offensive side of the ball. And uh, maybe some of it has to do with the fact that Dak Prescott is my fantasy quarterback this year. But I'll leave that to the side for the moment. Um, I think this is an intriguing game. It's uh, like I said, the Cowboys are up there with anyone in the league for putting points on the board. And, you know, at the same time, I, I can't discount the fact that this team can ship a lot of points as well. Now, this Minnesota team who come into the game, what's their, are they three and three? They're three like, and three. Yeah. I'm saying that they're, they're a team in, to my eyes, at least that is better than a, than a 500 record. So this isn't going to be a walk in the park for Dallas. So I think that, you know, in terms, I can imagine this one going either way, but I think the best bet in this one, actually, again, I'm quite over on the over-unders this week, but I think the over 54 and a half, which is now that's a high total. It's, it's relatively high, but with this team, with Dallas offense, if it clicks and if, you know, if they're unable to keep a lid on player, if the Cowboys can't keep a lid on, you know, Dalvin Cook and, and people like that, this could be a, could be a high scoring game. Uh, so I would lean towards the over 54 and a half. Mike, how do you? 
I well, I'm waiting for your triumphal, you know, trumpet blast of Dallas and the spread. Um, so I actually did there a little. Were, there were some claim, complaints about the singing last week. Yeah, I did a little <laughs> research. Mike McCarthy is actually eleven two and one against the spread. <laughs> oh, don't even start. Don't even start <laughs> praising McCarthy. And I don't know where those numbers come from. Yeah, is that just last year or something? The moon. I, yeah. Um, did you get them off MikeMcCarthy.com? Maybe, maybe, but um, I think I think it's on the road. On the road, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, let just forget that. Um, but da- Dallas have done really, really well against the spread. Um, Minnesota is going to be a, a tough defensive nut for them, but I think they they can crack that. The, what worries me about both the the game itself and the over under is Minnesota's basically Dalvin cook or, or Madison, good running game, uh, Jefferson and Thielen, two good receivers and Kirk cousins, who's kind of the weak link um, in that, in that equation. They, they really rely on cousins to get the ball, get the ball downfield. Um, I w- I look to go under on this one, uh, the 54 five. Although, you know, I can see when John makes the argument, I, I can see it could be a high scoring game, but, I'm just not sure it goes it goes that high scoring. And if you tortured me, I might actually say I think Dallas could cover the 2.5. Um, yeah, you, you know it. You know it. Deep. A-L-A-L-A-S. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Let's go. It won't, be, it, won't be one of my, it won't be my best bet. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, we'll see how we get on. Maybe the, the song keep will keep coming up again and again and again. And that, that's all the live games, gentlemen. Uh, let's move on to the best bets of the weekend. Mr. Carson, you had a winner last week, as did I. Just, I want the, loser, the loser starts. The lo- the, you want the loser to start? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, well, gentlemen, that's not this how is, we've ever done it. No. This is okay, where I I'll, shine. <laughs> the loser role. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, start. You, know, you do want to go first. You do. I, like, I was just, I've got to try. I'm trying to pick between two games. Well, let me go uh, first then. So if I pick, if you go for the, if I pick one. Okay. You, you, you do one. that. Yeah, okay. you do that. Ooh, so my uh, one. Uh, strong, John. Strong, John. I like it. It's not any of the games we've covered in depth on the show so far this week, but I, my best bet for this week, unless I'm going to have a quick, make sure it hasn't changed since I looked at my notes last night, but uh, I like the bills covering 13 and a half against Miami. Yikes. I think that's give him two touchdowns. Josh Allen. I think this is, this is doable. Coming off Dolph- a bye. coming off a bye. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, you know, they look good last week to, uh, you know, got the, got the, got the offense ticking, but this is a, this is a Buffalo Bills team smarting, I think after their little run in with, uh, with Tennessee. So they're going to go in there and show why they are probably the best team in the AFC or they're going to attempt to. It, it took a, a lot of doing to out Atlanta, Atlanta in terms of giving the game away. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, it was really, um, although my, that game was the, with Pitts, um Kyle Pitts and Mike Gesicki yes for some reason someone had named last Sunday National Tight End Day um and yeah, they brought guys, that up a lot yeah those two guys delivered um most of the other tight ends the league didn't bother to but that's my my two choices I'm 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 torn between the Eagles and the Lions where I think the Lions getting three and a half is a good bet I think they get their first win of the season here, but I like the under in that game even better at 48. Um, 
but I'm also looking at the Steelers plus four against the Cleveland Browns, the injury decimated Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski is 0-6 against the spread within his division. Um, How, John? Suck a I, lemon. Mike, Tom, <laughs> Mike Tomlin is 40-20 and 20 against the spread as an underdog. <laughs> now, that's only 2-1, to one, but, but still. So I'm, I'm really torn. I'm going to go with the under in the Eagles-Lions game. All right. We'll take that one. We'll take it first. Yeah, that's 48. That's 48 at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, Mike Tomlin off to LSU. So, did you notice how much Brian Flores on the Miami sideline looked like Mike Tomlin last week? No, <laughs> if Tomlin know. leaves, he's like Pittsburgh should hire him. <laughs> um, give him, give him the leather jacket. <laughs> my, my best bets. Um, it, it's a team, you know, what we haven't spoken about enough really on the show is Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, and they are becoming uh, quite the powerhouse at the moment. Obviously, Joe Burrow is there. Jamar Chase, 687 receiving yards versus single coverage, 306 more than any other wide receiver in the league. They head to the forlorn Jets. They're getting 10 and a half points. By God, I will cover that. No bother to them at all. That is my best bet. It, it was interesting. Yeah, on Sunday, somebody put out a tweet about Jamar Chase being the first receiver in NFL history and in his first six or seven games, whatever it is, to have eight touchdowns and over 800 yards and something and whatever number of catches he has. And then someone almost immediately put up, yes, he's the first except for these seven guys <laughs> <laughs> going all the way back to Crazy Legs Hirsch in 1950. <laughs> I, off top, I think Randy Moss had something like crazy did. like that as well. Yeah, yeah Moss did. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, gentlemen, that's it. That's us. That's another week in the bag. Uh, hopefully all the best bets will come in. In fact, hopefully everything that you said, although you have disagreed on bets, so that's absolutely not possible. Um, <laughs> so how they both win? <laughs> the well, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like I like the format. You know, I like being forced into making a decision or non-decision on, on the games that I don't pr- probably intend to bet. Um you know, I, I think that that's valuable in a, in a sense, but I certainly don't want to be called, <laughs> you know, oh, he said they're, you know, it's like, yeah, everybody says stuff like that. But, you know, call me out on the bets that I actually recommend. As opposed to... <laughs> that's right. Are you trying to distance yourself from criticism here, Mike? He does yeah, I'm, I'm so sensitive. I'm such a sensitive little iron, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the column lands on Friday mornings on betting.betfair, I believe. Mike, it's there all the way through the week weekend. Uh, once again, uh, please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. And a reminder, the games are a little bit earlier on Sunday, which means Sunday night football and Monday night football are both a little bit more watchable as well uh, for those of you who are staying up late. That is it. Uh, my thanks to Mike Carlson. My thanks to John Balf. We will be back next week for another episode of NFL Only Better. We will speak to you then. Thanks for listening. 